0: Hello and welcome to this very first episode of the Football in Oceania podcast. On this podcast we aim to bring you insight and views from the people who do everything to make the beautiful game run in Oceania. I'm your host Ola Bjorkowal and in a moment you'll hear a chat I had with Felipe Vega Arango. He's the technical director at the Solomon Islands Football Federation and I asked him about his job, the challenges he faces and the many positive things that have happened during his two years stay in the country. To sit back, relax, and enjoy. How did you get the job in the Solomon Islands in the first place?
1: Uh, well, uh, I work for Spanish La Liga, and uh, La Liga has an international. Uh, projects uh, to develop football in different countries of the world. They have around 300 coaches all over the world. And one of the projects that they have was uh, developing football in the Solomon Islands. So uh, I was working for Sporting the Gijón and I work with La Liga in some projects and they offered me to come here to be the technical director, so I came two years ago. And not too sure after arrive, arrived, uh, the president asked me to coach the senior national team for the final matches of the World Cup qualifying for Russia.
0: What was that like coaching that team? Did you have a lot of time to prepare?
1: Uh, well, it was tough because my main objective is to develop football in the country. So I couldn't stop my duties as a technical director. You have to develop education, you have to develop competitions, you have to develop a lot of things. So I didn't have too much time and also it's completely different of the European level. Uh, All the players are amateurs so you have to adjust to their works and to their life because a lot of them work in construction. So after working in construction all day uh, they are coming to practice and maybe they are extremely tired so the practice that you have to do that you want to do actually is not good that day because you have seven players that are extremely tired after 10 hours working in a construction site so uh, it was extremely time consuming it was tough but it's really good experience
0: so what are your day-to-day tasks in the job that you do
1: uh, well, like I say, is developing football in a general as- aspects. The first thing that you do when you arrive is to study the situation and to analyze what are the problems of the country. In, in this country, that is one of the less human developed countries in the world, and it's really poor country, so it's tough because you need to have fields, you need to have coaches, you need to have leaders. So... Uh, the daily, daily task is pretty much everything. I, I have to design the education, for example, the coaching license, which I do that with the help of OFC, of the ANIA Football Confederation. Uh, but then I have to design all the courses that we are going to be doing in the country, all the presentations for the course. And then uh, I have to do a calendar for those courses. In which province? uh, In which cities? For how many people? Which level? After designing the whole education of the year, the competition, the competition in the grassroots level, in the youth level, and in the senior level. Uh, After that, uh, the uh, regulations of the leagues, because some leagues don't even have regulations. Uh, Then everything. Related to the national teams, to the senior national teams, to the youth national teams, to the futsal national teams, to the women national teams. And the jobs attached to that are a lot of them. One is the calendar of events for the year, another one the training camps, another one to find the coach, another one to design a methodology in the practice. I can be like this for hours. It's a lot, <laughs> a, lot a lot, a lot of work.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a lot of work. So, but is it worth it? Like, have you seen the quality of football go up? while you've been there?
1: Well, actually a lot. Uh, Somebody else should answer this question, but let's be clear. Uh, In football, usually we look everything by numbers. So this is too simple. Before I arrived here, the coaches' education was barely nothing. And in two years, we have educated more than 600 coaches. Uh, Then uh, the national team that I coach, we qualify. I start coaching them only Six weeks before the first game against Papua New Guinea, PNG. We qualified to the final of Oceania for the first time in 14 years. And then the under-17 national team, which I am the one that designed the whole tryout system, all the practice, uh, the training camps. I am the one that hired the coach, which was my assistant in the senior national team. And I am the one training him in the education classes, so I did everything related to that team. And that team qualified to the World Cup for the first time in the history of the country. So then we went to the Pacific mini-games and we got a medal and the women did really well as well. So, if you look by the numbers, these two years have been really successful.
0: Speaking of that youth team, will you be going with them to the World Cup, the under-17s?
1: Uh, well, the World Cup is in, in October and I am doing all the preparation related to it, uh, the practice, the microcycles, cycles the cycles, everything, uh, the coaching staff, the mini-camps, but uh, my contract finished at the beginning of March. And oh. at this moment, I don't, yeah, so I've been here two years and my contract finished at the beginning of March. Here in the Federation, they want me to stay, of course. But like I say, I work for the Spanish La Liga and Spanish La Liga needs to take a look at the project and other projects because there are other places that they want me to work. So we'll see what happens. I will know soon.
0: Would you like to stay personally or would you like to go somewhere else and start again?
1: Uh, well, to be honest with you, uh, I think two years here is is, is enough. It's tough to live here. It's a country that is extremely isolated for the rest of the world. It's the poorest country in the whole Pacific, extremely, extremely, extremely poor country. Uh, the level of football that they want to reach, I don't really know if they want to reach that level of football, because the level of football that we have in Europe, it requires a lot more than just talent it requires to have sponsors, it requires to have enough fields, enough coaches and it requires a level of education and work ethic extremely high. That's why the best football in the world is in rich countries because uh, society has to be ready for that kind of effort. By my standpoint, uh, I am really far from my family as well so I would like to go back to the professional football
0: do you know if La Liga would send someone else down or would they just leave the project dead? Do you have any idea about that?
1: Uh, I don't know and we need to study that because, uh, like I say, La Liga before I arrived here they didn't have anybody in Oceania. And now in Oceania everybody knows the Salomon, everybody knows me, everybody knows why the Salomon has accomplished this in the last two years. Uh, I have really good relationship with all the technical directors, coaches and all the officials in OFC. So in a way it would be sad if La Liga would decide not to continue with some projects in Oceania. Mm-hmm. But uh, football in Oceania is really low. Most of the countries in Oceania, rugby is the main sport. So uh, that has to be an study of market done by La Liga. Uh, it's worth it to spend a, a big amount of the budget in... Trying to help develop football in Oceania, I don't know. Uh, that the the department needs to study that situation.
0: Yeah, okay. So a bit more general then the Solomon Islands teams who are going to the Champions League later, later this year, next month. Actually, will you be helping them out at all?
1: They they want my help, but you see, it's, it's kind of strange because. And this is just yeah, the truth. Uh, sometimes the ego of the coaches here is really high. Uh, these coaches, not even one coach in the country has a professional license. Uh, are amateur coaches with amateur license, but some of them uh, they should be a little bit more humble in their jobs and in their tax. Uh, I offer my help many times. Uh, there is one that sometimes wants to know things, and there is other that doesn't want to know anything. So I don't really have too much to do with senior clubs for the Oli, to be honest with you. They asked me the other day if they can use the field of the academy. I say yes. I am here to help them. But I think the most important thing for me is to see in youth and in grassroots football, because that's the future of the game. And in this country, 60% of the population are children. And they are really talented with the ball, so it would be really, really sad if they don't have a decent competition to play with decent
0: coaches. Speaking of talent with the ball, uh, Rafael Lea, do you have any updates on him? I heard he might be going to New Zealand for a scholarship of some kind. Is there anything new there? Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, he's going, well, I am the person helping him with that. So you see, that's another one of my attacks. Uh, For example, after the championship, a lot of people contact the technical department which is myself and uh, he got a lot of offers but some of those offers are not actually legal because he is underage, so he cannot be signed at no professional club, all the offers have to come through education that's the FIFA rule so Scott College in New Zealand offered him a really nice package, extremely nice package actually and He's taking it. I mean, I know a lot of kids in Europe that would love a package like that to go to study one of the best institutions in New Zealand. He has learning English, the level of education, uh, practicing in good facilities. I think for him is wonderful.
0: So has he gone or will he go soon? Do you know any dates? Uh, well, he should go
1: by the end of this month. At the end of this month, beginning of February. Now everything depends on how long the Department of Immigration of New Zealand uh, takes to... Uh, Give us his visa to travel. Okay. Uh, the scholarship is there, uh, they are in the process with all the paperwork, and uh, whenever the Department of Immigration says that he can go, he will be flying.
0: Okay. But in the
1: meantime, he will be practicing with us, with the under 17. Uh, we practice this Tuesday, so he will be practicing with us until he
0: goes. So it's the national the, the 17 team practicing regularly then? Uh, we were practicing before the Christmas period.
1: Then here in Christmas, a lot of people travel back to the village. and now they are back. So this Tuesday we start practicing again and uh, we will be practicing uh, this week uh, four days because we have to look at other players and then when they start school we practice two or three days a week and then we have mini camps. so until they leave because Leon is a defender of the team that is a wonderful player and Leon is going with Rafael to the same institution so yeah we have three players for the national team that got scholarships to go to New Zealand so that's wonderful because in a country that the education system doesn't work, extremely, doesn't work well actually because sometimes the teachers don't even go to school, uh, going to an institution like that is wonderful. It's a wonderful opportunity.
0: And uh, this news of the uh, football stadium loss on Tama being redeveloped, do you know anything about that at all? Uh, yeah, uh, that's something that they have to do and
1: I don't know when they are going to start doing it but the project has been approved. Uh, FIFA has approved it as well, because it's the, it's the national stadium, so there are policies, FIFA needs to approve all these things, and it seems like it's going forward, like I said, I don't know when they're going to start, but uh, the project has been approved, so they should do it sometime. Do
0: you know if anything will happen to the the hillside that is there, Was like that's the most iconic Wh- thing of the stadium, is that going to be like built into stand or something or is it just going to be left uh, that's going to be behind
1: one of the goals so what are we doing now we are moving the stadium so the hillside is going to become behind one of the goals okay and the, f- the field has to be moved like that because in the afternoon the goalkeeper uh, has the sun right in front of the eyes. okay and like you don't see anything so so it has to be moved
0: Okay, so it's basically you're just going to flip it sideways, like, from the yeah, way it exactly. is
1: now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the hillside is going to be uh, behind of the goals, and probably there they, I suppose they are going to use the the shape of the hill to do a stance there. That, that would make a lot of sense, but uh, like you say, the hillside is going to disappear. It's the most iconic place, but it's going to disappear.
0: That was my chat with Felipe Vega Arango, the technical director at the Solomon Islands Football Federation. For more football news and views from Oceania, you can visit our website, footballoceania.com, follow us on Twitter at FTBL underscore Oceania, or visit our Facebook page on facebook.com slash football in Oceania. Until next time, goodbye.